Hello everybody, we are out here at the Welling Court Mural Project, or festival, and uh, we're just enjoying some paint. The weather is kind of, we have a nice breeze coming through here right now, which I'm sure the artists are appreciating. Yeah, keep going, Al Roker, tell them about the water, that's helpful. <laughs> Come on, I'm enjoying it. Well, I have it was a, had a great time. to rain, so I mean, it was we, supposed we to. need to thank See? the mural gods. Thank you. That voice right there, the lovely and talented uh, bike girl. Hello. And I'm also here with Brooklyn's own Big Ronnie. Hello to everybody. Uh, this is a lot of fun. The sun is going down. If we're going to keep talking about the weather, the heat has subsided. And we are presented with probably uh, our most interesting guest of the day. Hey, that's well, that, Those are some that? big shoes to fill here. Uh, in, in our brief pre-interview, I already have about 60 fun questions and 50 of them I can't ask on air. Oh, boy. Mm. Think, think of some more quickly, please. Yeah. So yeah. we are here with Jane Weissman from Art Makers, Inc., uh, Jane, hello. Hello, Ronnie. We met today because you are here working on a mural uh, of someone else's concept. Yes. I am the administrative director of Art Makers, Inc. I share my duties with Camille Perrotet, who is the artistic director. Camille has been here for three years. In 2016, she did a beautiful mural about refugees. It was across from the community garden. Last year, she did an homage to the first community mural painted in the United States, the 50th anniversary of the Wall of Respect in Chicago. Mm. And it was also a celebration of African-American women. This year, I am here happily, and together with some very good help, we have painted a mural about gun control. And we are honoring two extraordinary young women. That was an amazingly timed car honk. But I want to make sure you say it again. It was a gun control piece. This is a piece that supports gun control. It honors two extraordinary young women. Emma Gonzalez from Parklands, one of survivors of the Florida shooting, and the amazing 11-year-old Naomi Wadler, who at the March for Our Lives spoke about all the African-American women and girls women and girls of color, any color, whose stories do not make the news. In fact, she gave a shout out to one woman from Alabama who was killed by a gun one week after Parkland. No news at all. So you're here to help, I mean, you're, through your mural, you're educating, educating the public on, well, not only gun control, but also the voice of people of color who don't always get represented by the mainstream news. Absolutely. There are hashtags there, whatever those are, uh, that people can... (laughs) You really are talking to a dinosaur here. um, That Camille swears that people will know what to do with them. Um, But if you don't know who Emma and Naomi are, then you can go and look them up through the hashtag. Actually... I don't think Naomi tweets. Her mom doesn't allow her to. Oh, okay. She's only 11. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's so let's, amazing. Let's zoom out just a touch, and let's talk about the organization that you said we were here before some of you guys were born. And in the art game, that's fun. Yeah. So tell us about uh, Art Makers, Inc., and uh, when you were founded, and what it's all about. Yeah. Art Makers, Inc. was founded in 1983, and Camille was one of the five co-sponsors, co-founders, along with Eva Cockroft, whom I'll mention a little bit later. Eva's an important person 
in the community mural uh, world. Anyway, we are uh, politically motivated, volunteer-run community mural organization that works with communities in collaboration to put forward imagery that relates to people in their neighborhoods. And many of us were painting in the 1970s, which is when community murals really were being painted, and they were political. It was about protest. There was also celebration. The two streams ran concurrently, but it was in response to New York City was falling apart at that time. Yeah, it was a war zone. Right. Now, were you celebrating wins or were you celebrating enemies' losses? Or was there a difference then? What we were celebrating were the wins. Um, It was a celebration of historic people or people who were important in a neighborhood. And then there was a time when we felt, or people in the neighborhoods felt, it wasn't enough just to protest because, hell, nothing really happened. So it was up to them to go in and turn the neighborhoods around. So then you had murals with titles like Building Our Community or Against Domestic Colonialism, Arise from Oppression, Black Power, Women, um, what is it called? Women, something about half the world. There's a famous expression. My mind is sunstroked here. <laughs> Quite all right. Now, what? Um, give our listeners some examples of uh, maybe recent projects. Yeah. That we made that they may have seen. Uh, for anybody who lives in Brooklyn, if you go into Bed Stuy, the southeast corner of No Strand and Green, you will see Shirley Chisholm dressed in kintocloth armor on a yellow steed right out of Palaiolo. Correct me if I'm wrong, Shirley Chisholm was the first black female elected to the House of Representatives? Yes, she was also the first black assembly person. However, when she, and she was the first woman to try to get the Democratic nomination for president in the 1973 election. However, when Shirley Chisholm asked how she wanted to be remembered, she said, I don't want to be remembered as the first African-American this or the first woman that. I want to be remembered as a catalyst for change. So here we have Shirley Chisholm on this golden steed holding a pennant. And on the pennant says, a catalyst for change. Hmm. The mural is called When Women Pursue Justice. There are 90 women who fought for social rights, civil rights, reproductive rights, labor rights, environmental rights, um, lots of other rights, artistic rights, uh, mainly in the 20th century, in the 21st. But we have an ancestors' corner honoring the nine women in from 1850 on who made, whose work made our work and possible, possible. exactly. Exactly. Now, it's, it's, I, I find a lot of human rights just boils down to us versus them, and us is usually the people that are getting beat up on. Often. Yeah, and uh, I think I, I like I like celebration. That's why I asked uh, was was were, was the organization more concerned about celebrating your wins or celebrating the losses of people that maybe weren't as aligned with you. When women pursued justice, to get on that wall, you had to be willing to risk life and liberty. Many women went to jail. Some women died. 
but basically it's a celebration of all that we have attained over the past 150 years, but it's also an inspiration to keep on working. The road ahead. The road ahead. So it's inspiration, it's education. There are a lot of words I use for community murals. Obviously, they beautify, they inspire, they protest, they celebrate, they educate, and sometimes they actually inspire people to action. What's what's the favorite project that you've worked on? Oh, la la. Certainly when Women Pursue Justice was, we were 12 artists five young girls from Brooklyn who were our paid apprentices, 30 volunteers, and we were all women. The wall is 45 feet high and 72 feet across, so we had a scaffold that was four levels. I was really buffed that summer because we did have an interior staircase, but you had to go up and down and you would swing on the, the bars, you know, so you wouldn't hit your head to get through. It was great fun, but then from 19... No, 2011 through 13, we painted four murals in Bushwick based on Federico Garcia Lorca's poem, uh, Sleepless City, Brooklyn Bridge Nocturne. And you could go through 10 to 15 square blocks and you could follow the poem. And in the first, and it was in English and in Spanish, and it was amazing because people studied this poem or studied Lorca in school. So we had great community, and that's the great thing about a community mural, like what's happening here in Welling Court, is the conversations that you have. I have to say, one woman saw some spelling errors in our Spanish, thank God, so we could correct them. Um, But in the first, you saw Lorca's eyes, and then you saw his mouth, then you saw his ear, and in the last mural, you saw his entire beautiful face. Those walls aren't there anymore? Um, the one on Star Street is still there. Yes, and it's been terribly graffitied. We've given up. We would go back for years and repair it. The one on Knickerbocker in Stockholm is still there. There were two across from each other, three blocks down on opposite corners of Knickerbocker. One has come down because the building came down, right. but the one with the ear is still up. Yes. Yeah. And every co- mural had a community component. So it was a map of the world, and people would put where they were born, or a map of Puerto Rico, where we put the town. Or in the last one, it was a map of Bushwick, and we put little dots where people actually lived. Hmm. And in the first one on Star Street, we had a big American flag. The owner said, you'll put in an American flag. And we said, yeah, sure. How small can we make it? And then we figured, no, we'll make it really big. And in the white stripes... We will put flags representing the countries of the people who lived and work in the neighborhood. So there are about 45 different flags in that one big American flag that we painted. A small neighborhood. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Now, speaking of community, um, you know, in, involvement with the, the pieces, have you met um, Joel Artista, who's also painting here? He's painting across from the wall you're painting uh, together with two other artists. And he's part of a group at the Blue Wall right here? Yeah. yeah. And he's part of a group called Artolution, and they actually are very uh, for social justice and around the world. They're actually he just got back from um, from Bangladesh, where he worked with the local Rohingya, well, the Rohingya refugees yes. um, there. And he's got different artists who are uh, helping to build. You know, it's it's 
it's it's all of those things you were talking about right. um, inspiring people yeah, beautifying and uh, empowering and all right. of that and so um, I think I, I just kind of resonated with me when you were talking about the, your own project I think it's great to see the, the, the longevity of your group uh, and then this newer project which uh, you know they've only been around a couple of years but they're doing great work in involving the community and I think that's an often it's so important to bring that community in to really own the pieces that are in that community absolutely you know? so absolutely you you get these great stories I remember with when women pursued justice people remembered working with Shirley Chisholm on her first campaign to run for the assembly people re- Dorothy Day was one of the women in it and people remembered one of the hospitality houses in Bed-Stuy, which was interesting to me because she was a militant Catholic, but you don't think of Catholics living in Bedford-Stuyvesant. And yet, you know, she had an outpost there. Thinking about all of the artists that you worked with over the years, now we're not generalizing, right? but think of the successful ones. Think of the ones that you thought, wow, they haven't figured out. They're on their way. Well, I think we have to start with Eva Cockcroft, who was the real impetus for founding Art Makers. Um, She got her start in New Jersey in the 70s. She traveled all over the world to Cuba, to Iran, uh, to South America, to Central America. She painted in Nicaragua. Um, And she was a mentor to so many of us. She painted a mural for me. I ran the city's community gardening program for 14 years and put murals and sculpture in the gardens. And she painted one of the most beautiful murals in West Harlem. And it's still there. In fact, we were able to preserve it uh, about 10 years ago. And it was she who started La Lucha Continua. It was her project. This was a project um, painted in 1985 primarily where 34 artists painted 26 murals addressing six political themes in a derelict community garden on the Lower East Side. The gardeners came back into the garden. It's now one of the most beautiful and successful and well-used gardens in the city, La Plaza Cultural on East 9th Street. Um, We we tackled six themes, gentrification, which was the most pressing... um, issue of that time in the neighborhood, police brutality, women's issues, um, immigration, um, opposition to U.S. involvement in Central America. And what year was this? 1985. Boy, yeah. Wait, just wait. I'm getting there. And opposition to apartheid in South Africa. So it's 30 years later, and every one of those issues is still with us. With the geographic issues, just fill in the blanks. We have apartheid in this country. We don't have to go out of the country. Palestine, Palestine absolutely. And, you know, U.S. involvement, we're talking about Iran, Iraq, Afghanistan. It's, it's, the circle is full. It's fully. So Eva was a huge mentor, but there were early artists, Mike Alowitz, Freddie Hernandez, Tomia Arai, Sukiak, which started uh, City Arts Workshop, 
which were the earliest, they painted the earliest murals in the city in the 1970s, and they were all political, they were all really protests, but it was local protest. It wasn't so much national protests or international. Community. It was community, and it had to be consensus. You know, for instance, we like to use, we hate to use the subject, but you don't see choice murals. Because you might have a group that wants to paint a mural, but they're all bonded around housing or education or health care. But they're going to be divergent feelings about choice. So there's no community consensus there. So the murals are about a subject for which there is consensus. You're not trying to get the community to make a decision. You're trying to be the community's voice. Exactly. They ask us... We help them articulate their message. We help them articulate their themes. We work with them to find out, to figure out what those images might illustrate those themes. Then we come back to them with a design. And then they say, great, or they say, you know, we have problems. And there have been some really incredible stories about problems they have. Often it makes the mural stronger. Sometimes, perhaps not, but we're ceding to the wishes of the community. We are there to articulate their message. And if that's your, that's your, your, your mission statement from Joan, you're in good shape. Right. Now, there are times when we initiate our own projects. When Women Pursue Justice was our project. Lorca was our project. The murals here are our projects. We can paint whatever we want. And so that's when we can say, this is what we believe, this is what's important, and we want you to know about it. So tell us about this piece here, and was it made for Astoria? Yes. Tell us. Yes. So it doesn't have a title, except I think it could be called Hashtag March for Our Lives. It I'm honors... really impressed with your use of the hashtag. That was nice. Was that good? Yes, it's good. Okay. <laughs> well, except we don't know if it's slanted or not. <laughs> it, it, it appears both ways on this thing. Um, so we are honoring Emma Gonzalez, who survived the Parkland school shooting, and uh, Naomi Wadler, the 11-year-old wunderkind from Chicago who spoke so eloquently at the March for Our Lives March. Oh, she was the much, young, yes, much younger girl. The, yes, yes, the fierce right. with the hair right. and who said, I am not talking for anybody. I am talking for our, myself and our students. We may be 11, but we have a voice and we need to be heard. And she was talking for women and young women and all women of color, especially, whose stories are never heard. And she shouted out a woman from Alabama who was shot a week after Parkland. Story didn't make any newspapers at all. So we have lots of hashtags about, you know, get out and vote and vote them out and never again. Um, you know, Black Lives Matter. Um, and the colors behind them, Emma's family is from Cuba. So we wanted, you know, bright colors that would represent both African and Latino Cuban culture. And of course, you know, the zigzags you find in all cultures, hmm. uh, certainly from African culture on. So it's a cultural piece and it's a political piece and it's a celebratory piece. So it is that two streams protest and celebration we are celebrating mm. these young women and we are protesting along with them 
They are our leaders right now. They're extraordinary. Yeah. Jane, we love it. We're, we uh, we support what you're doing. The mural is looking great. Is it finished? Yeah. Wonderful. So before we let you go, and thank you very much for your time, why don't you tell our listeners where they can find you online? Yes. I can give you a website because I manage that. <laughs> and that's artmakersnyc at dot org. And um, we are on Facebook. So that's Artmakers Inc. on Facebook. And you can like us and you'll get all sorts of um, information about what we're up to. And there'll be lots of pictures of the process of making this happen. It was pretty extraordinary. Well, thank you very much for your time. Well, thank Thank you. you, It was a real pleasure. Thank you. We are sold out with Jane from Artmakers Inc.